Hi there, Ilona Thompson with Palette Exposure. I'm very excited to introduce you to the chef by the name of Nate Singer. Over the years, I've had a good fortune to interview many culinary heroes, celebrity chefs and like, and had some fantastic conversations. However, this one is unlike any other. Nate comes from humble beginnings that were rich in experience and lessons in self-sufficiency. His skill set is quite diverse and unique, and his mentors came from all walks of life, from ethnic old-school cooks to world-renowned celebrity chefs. He learned from the best and mastered the art of butchery, charcuterie, and many others. But perhaps most importantly, he became a researcher, a philosopher, and an advocate that thinks a great deal about food consumption and the effect that it has on each and every one of us. So if you're a meat lover, happen to be on a keto diet, or simply care about the integrity of what goes into your body, you cannot afford to miss this conversation. As little consumers, we shy away from the difficult conversations, such as commodity markets and where food really comes from. Nate believes that food is medicine, and I invite you to find out why. So to me, kind of an image emerges as you speak is that you strip yourself of falsehoods, right? That's the first step. Strip myself of what? Falsehoods, like false yes. beliefs. Yeah, false, yeah. Because society creates this fake layer of, you know, self-care and sort of, you know, this false self-esteem that we, you're entitled we, we have, to we something. We have a healthcare system for you that'll take care yeah, of you when somebody you're old else. and healthy. Yeah. yeah, somebody else. You just have to, you know, call this person and look this up and Google that and you'll be fine. That's false. You have to start with the premise that you're responsible for you. Yes. Self-reliance responsible is, for your is a good thing. Too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so once you you have to remove that in order to literally clear it out before you can build something, right? Um, you have to reckon, you have to be aware of it. Yeah, you have to reset yourself 100%. Reset. Okay. Yeah. And it's not going to be your politician, doctor, I don't. I don't do politics. I've mm -hmm. never voted. I'm 34 years old. Wow. I don't believe in any of that. I believe in this right here. Yeah. I believe in the power of humanity. Still, I believe that there's still hope that we have it in us. We're not that far gone. We're not. We're a couple of generations from where we were. You know, before the, everything changed in America with industrializing. And when we industrialize, doesn't mean we industrialize ourselves. You know. We have to keep it in check. We do. And so as we progress out here on the ranch, like, yeah, we're going to build things. We're going to move on. We're going to keep doing better and better and better. And we have to keep it in perspective, you know? We don't make right decisions all the time. We, we mess up, you know? We make bad decisions. But if you can be true to yourself and say, wait a second, like, I'm driving. There's a, there's, like, on the ranch, you know, RC told me one time that there's a reason why the large window in your car, moving forward is big, and the rearview mirror is small. Um, Bob Kaplan, one of the owners of Re Red Reflet, um, has referred to you as Zen, and there's a Zen quality to you, but it's also very practical Zen, actionable, thoughtful. It's not just meditation. It's really like, what do you do? How do you activate it within yourself, right? Yes. And what do you create in the process, and who do you touch in the process? And that's giving yourself a formidable task, actually. It is. Yes. 100%. Um, you were such a powerful example um, 
literally living example I can tell the way people relate to you um, you nurture people by cooking by literally feeding them but you also engage with them on a spiritual level every single moment um, I think that's what made um, your relationships that you've described so incredibly productive and meaningful and I have no doubt that anybody would be lucky to have you any restaurant group any um, any business really so the fact that you made a choice to work here and to help restore the community um, in many ways with the work we, that you did. My family's, you know, we're five generations in Wyoming. We're old Wyoming. We homesteaded. My great great granddad was one of the first road workers building the first roads in Wyoming. And wow. we have roots here and we've homesteaded here. This is home for me. And if not everybody, you don't get to pick your home. You don't. Like, this is home. Like, no matter where you move, no matter where you are in life, there's still a place that you call home, right? Yeah. And you might lie to yourself and say it's where you live right now. But in your heart, you got to be true to it and be like, you're probably thinking right now, how do I help my old com my community where I come from? When you look where you come from, because it's part of your background, it's part of your past, and you can't shake it. Like, moving doesn't solve anything. And that's why I live out here in the middle of nowhere on a remote ranch, and I can still have conversation with people. Our world's small now. Like, we can still make a difference outside of the 30,000 acres we're on right now with five people on it. You know what I mean? And it's like, we don't have to be somewhere nowadays to make that difference, to have people feel that energy. But you can't deny when you walk into a place that harnesses that energy and it's prevailing to be affected by it. Like, I, the gas, like, it's hard to keep your energy, it's hard to keep your aura, it's hard to keep it high when you're in a place that it's not. You know, so that self-work is where you can persevere through that. But when you walk into a place that has that aura, that has that level of energy, it's easy to find it within yourself and to open yourself up to it and to recognize, I feel good out here and something's different, but then you gotta ask yourself what's different it's you or if it's where you are it's what's around you right yeah but again you you actively seek those answers even on subconscious level yeah you do and that's key if you ask questions eventually you'll get answers yeah. but you have to ask them you do to switch gears for a moment and I want to continue this conversation um, but it occurs to me that with your breadth and depth of experience, you've started several restaurants, you've worked with phenomenal chef groups. I've been part of restaurant teams, yeah. Um, yeah. The country is clearly in crisis mode because of the pandemic, but I would argue that no one has been hit the hardest as the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry in general, and particularly smaller businesses. Oh. As we um, we cover and climb out of this nightmare, which hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, when the uh, positive trajectory. Um, what are your thoughts on the future of the industry? What, in your mind, should it look like as a reset, as a restart? You know, what does a small business well, need to be aware of? I don't. To me, it's about. Like with these small businesses you're talking about, we don't have to change them. They just needed help. Yeah, they did. That's it. Like you don't have to change them. 
they're there because they're a small business and they care about their community. No, I would argue it's the backbone of the community. You have to recognize that there's other forces in those communities that are making those guys go broke and running them out of business. The danger. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with small businesses or anybody's small business. I feel like, yeah, there's always a better way to do something and everything. There's always a better way, which applies to kitchen, ranching, you name it. But when you get to a small business in a town, like, for example, if you're in a small town of like 20 people and there's two butcher shops and one butcher shop has the meat that makes people sick and one butcher shop has the meat that doesn't make people sick. Yeah. Self-evident. It's that simple. Yeah. And it's about recognizing what your community needs and how you can play your part and if your role fits it, you know? And so I don't I don't think that small businesses are the ones that need to change. I really don't. Perhaps the the word that showed up the most in our conversation was community. That clearly is almost like an extended family. It's your realm. It's where you are. And of course, with the mobility that this country has experienced in exercise, it's pretty um, muddled these days. But having that sense of community and serving it and getting your energy like you described from it is paramount to good human experience. So somehow that's another thing that it occurs to me that is worth seeking. Like what's your tribe? What's your yeah. community? Yeah, we always joke about the good vibe tribe, you know. Good vibe tribe, yeah, I love that. tribe strong. It's like you have to yeah. build, and it's not so much that you have a chief that everybody follows. It's about you ha- everybody has something to add to the team. And that's what, how we've built Carter Country is everybody has something to add to the team. And that's what makes us all individuals, and that's what makes us have these conversations. Like this conversation I'm having with you isn't off the wall for a cup of coffee in the morning with R.C., yeah. You know, we have open books, we talk, we, I mean, it's real, and we let it out, you know, we have thoughts, and not all thoughts are right, and that's why you have to put it out there to your people, and you know, it has to resonate, and you have to get that feeling, but, you know, we shoot, and we try, and things work, and things don't work, and we have crazy ideas, and bad, you know, good ideas, bad ideas, all the ideas, but at the same time, we don't lose the energy, we don't lose the vibe, and we don't lose the self-work and the self-worth while we're doing that. You know, it's okay to make mistakes and have, you know, hiccups and have to go backwards a little bit, but, you know, it's not a reflection on your personal character. It's actually better that you can identify that in this time of being and use that small review mirror to back up, to turn, and make a pivot and start looking through the front classic lens without seeing that in your background. You know, you gotta be able to be aware in a situation that isn't a situation that you created. If you have a radar for superficiality and, you know, fake (laughs) in any form, listen to that is one of the messages that I'm hearing, is that reject something that doesn't align with your internal. Or have a conversation and ask the question, because maybe you, the surface isn't where it's at. Maybe there's different intentions and you see a surface and you're trained to see it the way you see it, and it might be a red flag, but really the ambition and the drive is there. 
but you just don't get it. And that's why the conversation is the single most important thing. Wow. How refreshing it is to hear that just communication, talking to each other, not at each other. That's the key. I believe in it. I do. You know, moving forward, like I said, as we're digging out from the reset that happened artificially, of course, um, and my hope is that it will give people an incentive now that they've were forced into a quiet space to renew themselves in a different manner and give themselves the trouble that we talked about of asking the harder questions of themselves and communing with each other. Um, I think that's what's going to make for a better world, to your point, not the next election, not the next oh, political. I, I agree with that because even if you can't do it for yourself, like yeah. we got to do it for the kids at this point because that's the kids are what's next. And anything that you can't do for yourself and you can't bite that bullet for yourself, like people have got to let their kids be human and they got to let them express. They can't conform them. They can't. I don't believe in, you know, people that want their kids to be dentists or lawyers when they grow up. Every little kid wants to play with trucks and play in the dirt and, you know, like we have a saying on the ranch that's God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. I'm like, get in it. You know, and know who's not getting sick? It's the kids playing in dirt. You know, and it's like, let kids be kids. And you'll never lose it. They'll be kids forever. But as soon as you start manipulating them when they're young, that's when you mess up the system of human and what we are, I think. Well, look at your family. Um, you're all obviously fantastic, capable people from what you described of your siblings and the fact that your parents, you know, you know, they didn't have much, but they gave you all they had. They didn't restrict us from yes. getting what we can get, from what we were meant to have. Yeah. They didn't try to... You know, they didn't have a path for us except for being ourselves. That's a big deal when you just let the person be themselves. Yes. It's when you get the best results. Indeed. Um, but there's so many teachable moments that you've shared um, between parenting advice and... I don't even have kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that does not prevent you from, you know, having very paternal almost yeah. certainly you know like I said mentorship yeah. mindset so you don't have to have your own kids to be able to influence yeah. um, what are universal truths and values and of course you know the the global piece of it how when you take a helicopter view and look at what we're doing ourselves individually and as, as a society by taking an easy route that's a big deal, and that's worth a lot of debate and a lot of conversations on the local level, certainly on a national level, but I believe everything starts local. In fact, at the family level, yeah. that is where it ought to start mm -hmm. every single time. That conversation at the dinner table, yes. you know, and so important, like you described in your childhood, you sat down and you had a nice meal, even if it was just green beans yeah. and a little bit of protein. I mean, whatever that was, inconsequential, you were there with she your family. cooked for us every meal. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, what's happening to our agriculture? 
I mean, I'm honestly, I'm absolutely mortified. Um, Scary. Yes, it's um, as we age, <laughs> our bodies become, you know, um, pretty um, upset with us. And um, when it happens, it's always very uncomfortable and you're in a state of denial for a while. But eventually you're going to have to come to Jesus' conversation with yourself and say, what am I doing? How am I feeding myself? Because guess what? It's a machine. If you don't put the right product in it, it's not going to run. And you can't empty your gas tank and your gas yeah. tank doesn't fill itself up. Yes. So that's where self-work comes in. Yeah. And understanding how to keep your gas tank full. Yes, and that's that's a tricky thing because um, I'm a neophyte at it. I just kind of threw whatever gasoline that happened to be available. Exactly. I ran empty for years just because I was trying so hard. Yes. Um, so it's worth investing in that very much if you want to live a long and most importantly healthy life, productive life, physically and mentally. I think it's not fitness. even worth it. It's necessary. Yeah. So that's a lot right there and then of course again being an example for your kids for your community for people around you and let the kids be kids yeah Just let them be kids there's so much value in like some of the things you said should be quotes on t-shirts and billboards and wherever people can see them I can tell it's coming from deep within and it's a wisdom that's not just learned, it's lived. Um, and I cannot ask for a better conversation. It's not just enriching, it's also practical. We all have our homework now, those that are listening to this. Yeah. You have a mandate. You need to seek out in your local community the resources that would help you honor your body, honor your fellow humans, in your cycle and circle of influence. But you also need to understand in the larger sense that we are part of the whole. That when you look, you know, at the world community, not in some sort of global or globalist sense, but, you know, we are part of a human race mm -hmm. that was given this gift of the planet. And it's very easy to get on the soapbox and talk about how to save it or, you know, insurmountable issues and throw some money at it. What's hard is to look at your square space, however many square feet that is, yeah. at your footprint. Yeah. Look, get, look in the mirror, yeah. 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 Um, it's much easier to point the finger at something. Yes. And looking at yourself, like you said, in the mirror and saying, what have I done today to make this day better for me or for anybody else? I mean, and I guarantee you going to work and sitting in the cubicle or doing Zoom calls for eight hours is not an answer. I mean, it's a job and people have to take jobs because of money and you can't yeah. fault people because the society that America has created makes you have money to exist. Yeah. We're lucky out here in Wyoming where we are and the fact that it's easier for us because we aren't so entrenched. Yeah. right now and but there is hope for those people and there's hope for the people that do have to do that job you can still have a job yeah and separate your personal from work because yeah. that's the number one thing when you go to work and you can have a personal life that you do do the things that you do and you sit in a cubicle every day that's fine you know everybody has to work for a living yeah you know so we, we developed that like we're that's just 
what they did to us. So here we are. Yeah. And now we got to do it. But we can still, like I said before, identify the distraction and get back to the self, you know, get back to the spirituality, get back to what brought us here in the first place. And it's just as important as the argument that we're making. Yes. We're not saying that, you know, we shouldn't be productive humans and do what we need to do to, you know, feed ourselves and support our families. And no one is saying that. Yeah. You have to incorporate into your day. Yes. Just like, you know, putting food in your body and, you know, water and such like that. That's spiritual nurturing. At some point in your 24-hour cycle, you have to take a moment and train yourself to give reflect. thanks. Number one. Yeah. Always give thanks. Yeah. And to be open to what's next and to make the right decision on what you're given, right? For your personal self, for the people around you. Because they're going to keep coming. But you have to be aware of them and you got to filter the distractions. You do. You know, like we get distractions every day, whether it be, you know, a thing that's in the physical world or in the mental world or you know, the emotional world, whatever it may be, and a human that distracts you from being yourself for that day. And it's like, yeah, you have to spend energy and time on that, but you have to identify it. And once you identify it, it's easier to, I think, take it the next step and getting back to where you need to be and saying, all right, that didn't work for me this time, and I'm not going to run my head into the wall again. Like, you know, that didn't get me anywhere. I don't feel good from doing that. It didn't make her day better. It didn't make his day better. It didn't get us anywhere. So let's try something different tomorrow. There's no fault to that, but I'm going to try it after I do my eight-hour workday. You can do that too. You know, like everybody's still got to do their lives and everything, but I'm just talking from a sense of, you know, understanding your self-worth and being conscious of putting back into your self-tank and doing what you need to do for yourself to let your brain work properly, you know, and that's what we focus on is, you know, really trying to be the best person you can be to make the people around you the best people they can be. Food's the powerful thing behind that because food yes. feeds your brain. Yes. Food is medicine. It's the only medicine food we need. Food is medicine. And you have multiple skill sets from what you describe and what I've experienced, um, where you can literally manage any, you know, piece of protein you can or vegetable. You have so many different techniques that you've honed, and yet your food is so understated, simple, not to be confused with simplistic, flavor forward in the sense that every ingredient shines. It's not busy, it's not overwhelming, it's not anything that's disruptive. Yes. It just, it's zen-like in my experience. So tell us how, how did you arrive to that place? I know it's an extension of you and it's I, easy to I see now. But be, be, I think choosing the right mentors, you know, in my path of the culinary world has led me to the flavor profiles I have, led me to the techniques I have, um, the unwillingness to stop once I start on something. Um, what like, not to do? Like, like sourdough. Like some people make, might make a loaf of sourdough, but you don't make a loaf of sourdough. It's the reason why they call it your daily bread, because you have to make it every day. 
you know, and like, I'm not content with just doing something to say I did it. I want to master it. I want to understand it through and through. I want to be able to teach it when I'm done. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really powerful right there that you you want to learn it, make it your own, and also pass it forward as a knowledge base for another person. I didn't know that sourdough has to be made daily. You know, I don't bake bread somehow. I, I mean, it, sh it should. Be. It, it was traditionally, <laughs> you know, because it's a living culture. It's a living mother of bread that you wow. feed every day, at least one time a day, and otherwise, it'll eat all its food and die. And of course, there's such anti-bread, or I should say carb sentiments. Everybody seems to be on the keto diet and, and get a strong sense that that's not necessarily the right way to go. I well, mean, the, the keto diet is great because it was invented in the 1920s for children with epilepsy. Oh, okay. And it converts your body from gaining energy from sugars to getting energy from fats. And the filtration of that energy and the conversion of that is what helps these seizures in these kids with epilepsy because oh, wow. they train their body from their kidneys to run from fat Interesting. instead of from sugar intake and carb intake. And so that's where you get into keto and that's where it was um, a thing and that's why it's a weight loss program now is because your body goes into a state of ketosis mm -hmm. and it ends up pulling all of its energy from your fat and not from your intake of sugar and carbs. And so it's not very healthy over a long extended period of time. It can hurt you, but it's very healthy if you can manage it properly and use it effectively. And you're using it in a sense with good fat because it's 75 to 80% fat is the, pro is the con is content. Of, it's a lot of fat to eat. Yeah. And if you're eating all GMO corn, pesticide-ridden, yeah. all the things, the feed that goes into the animals and the water that goes into the animals. Like, yeah. I don't know how good that water is. Like That's what you're consuming and that's what you're feeding your brain. Garbage you know? in, garbage out. Yeah. And so that's the old saying, like, whatever you eat, eats. You know, that's what you, know, you are, you not, yeah. not, not what the one eats. So it's, you make sure if you are doing the keto diet, you're doing it with a health-conscious way of like very high-quality fats. And that's what we offer at Carter Country Meats, and that was our goal, because the power's in the fat. Everyone's got it wrong. It's not in the protein. So would you agree that um, we've demonized all the grains quite a bit with just like this wholesale and approach, so and healthy are, grains are good? Uh, yeah, I like, I like healthy grains, but cows can't digest grains. Okay. You know, it triggers their body, and they can't, and that's why when they go to the bathroom, there's whole kernels of grains. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get into the biodiversity of, okay, if we'll feed our cow a little bit of grain, and then you can run the chickens behind them, and then the chickens will get into the manure, and the chickens will take the corn kernels and everything else out of the manure and mm -hmm. spread it, and then the dung beetles can come up and pull it down to the soil because the chickens have already spread it. You know, after the lamb come through and the horse come through and everybody with their different hooves walk that stuff into the soil, you know, that's how the soil gets turned, and then the dung beetles carry it down. And so that's, I don't think it's... Uh, totally a bad thing. Like what we're trying to do at Carter Country is there's the commodity norm and there's the way that it should be and that we're trying to get in the middle. Interesting. And show people how to do it. Because corn-fed beef's delicious, 
But when you think about what corn they're using to feed that beef and how it affects the cow's life and his health before mm -hmm. you eat him, it's not delicious. So those that are, you know, either becoming health conscious or want to lose weight and such like that, you would endorse a keto diet with a very thoughtful and modified approach yeah. to the type of fats and a temporary thing when it comes to bread products, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, temporary. I mean, on the keto diet, it's anywhere from 75 to 80% fat, you know, 10 to 15% protein, yeah. 5 to 10% carbs. You can't have more than 50 carbs in a day is what they say. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, sourdough breads and all that are carb-ridden and they're high. So if you're in keto, you don't eat that kind of stuff, you know. But if you're not in keto, which is where I'm at, I eat kind of like I'm a keto guy because I eat so much protein, but I also eat healthy homemade breads every day like you saw. Like we make bread every day. And so I still eat all that stuff and it doesn't affect me in a negative way. My body still can can run, you know, because it's not spending its energy trying to process processed foods. The processed foods, that's the worst stuff there is. Because your body actually has to work and take energy from your brain and your body to digest it. Because it's not readily digestible. Like when you do sourdough and fermenting of grains, before they're fermented or sprouted, they're only 10% nutrient available and then you can sprout or ferment and they become 90% nutrient available, so you have to eat way less. And so that's what we do with our hay silage at Carter Country, is it's, um, we cut grass and we make a giant pile and we let it ferment, and then our cows eat fermented hay. And that's what we finish them on, is 100 pounds of hay silage a day. So I'm so rooting for your business because I hope that it can get scaled and replicated organically throughout the country, that you will be that model that would showcase how to eat healthy and the fact that food is life, food is medicine. Food is medicine. We're so far away from it. But they know it. They just make they make money on medicine. They make money on us being unhealthy. Read Bailey Linekin's book. We'll have to put a link to yeah. your recommended reading and other resources. Um, so that's coming, you guys. I mean, um, yeah, I don't want to butcher, you know, the talk on it. You got to read it, but it's. It's crazy, you know, to start thinking, get your mind, like, are they really, like, feeding us all this processed food and all this stuff to make us unhealthy for their healthcare system? To where we are locked into this program of giving them our resources and our lives? You're kind of like the cat, like the cattle at that point in the commodity system, if you know what I mean. You know, when there's billions and cumulatively trillions of dollars involved, greed is a powerful motivator. You should be very skeptical and very nervous about anyone that's holding the strings of these types of machines and entities, because they don't have your best interests at heart. It's not a matter of some dark nebulous force. It really is, you know, structures that are created by humans, of course, but they're not meant for you to thrive. No. And once you recognize that, you develop that frame of reference. And that's when you can start taking action to protect yourself. And what you articulated so well, spot the danger. It's like we talked about hunting this week and how long it takes to be able to hunt an elk, yeah. sometimes weeks and months, because they spot you, they sense the danger miles away. And what a powerful tool that well, 
primal instinct. It is. It is. is. And we have that on some level, not as developed clearly, but we have it someplace. Damn right, right, we do. A lot of people call it fight or flight. Yeah. So, like, tap into that. You have the resources. You are empowered, right? Mm -hmm. We're just not recognizing that. We're too busy with distractions. And believe in what you believe in, even if nobody else believes it. Believe in what you believe in. I I stand by that, because if you're just trying to believe what other people are telling you to believe, even if, you know, you're never going to believe it, you have to believe what you believe, even if nobody else does. Wow. It's tough. It's hard. And you have to respect yourself to do that. Yeah, self-respect is is an interesting concept. I think if you ask somebody casually, do you respect yourself? Uh, most people say, yeah, of course. But mm-hmm. do they really? Yeah. What they put in their body and their mind, what they consume, that the media puts out, that's so distorted. Uh, everybody that's has not jobs. a sign of self-respect, yeah. sorry? I'm just saying everybody has jobs, you know? Everybody, yeah. Like, we built this. Yeah. It didn't take very long. No. So I don't think it'll take that long to get back to where we need to be. That is a very optimistic sentiment that I'm loving every single second of because I admittedly had doubts myself about what we're doing to ourselves as a humanity. Are we mimicking Roman Empire that literally destroyed itself? An answer for me more often than not, human nature is so fallible in so many ways and we've lost our institutions and I'm not just talking religion but our value system that's generational to prop us up when we need it to give us the foundation and we're dismantling it daily it seems like you know we're not building anything in in its place certainly nothing that's worthwhile from what I've seen (laughs) but we're sure good at denying it rejecting it demonizing it so that makes me very nervous yes um, so hearing you say that there's hope for humanity. I believe in it. I do. I mean, it's very good. Because how powerful is it to have a conversation with somebody? And how powerful is it to be able to be heard? How powerful is it to feel good in what you believe in? And all those things come in order with the right conversation. Yes, empowerment very, very important and worth focusing and pausing on. Block the noise out, like literally all the noise that is foisted on us. Distractions. They're they're bad. The devil's distractions, man. Yeah. It's amazing what you find when you get quiet. What's in store for Nate? I know you're at this stunning property and trust Mm. me, no way to describe it adequately. You must see it for yourself and promise you'll be a better human when you leave them and you come back, guaranteed. Um, So you're in this environment currently, which is um, so special. And of course, um, the business that you described, that's literally going to be nurturing people Mm -hmm. that participate in it. So Mm -hmm. we'll give you guys all that information. Anything else that you're kind of envisioning for your future? I mean, this is home for me. And I won't always be home because I like to you know, put myself out there and I like to be exposed and I'm always open for the next opportunities and the next, when I say opportunity, I don't mean business opportunity. Yeah. I mean, 
personal life opportunities and meeting people and the next step and I'm open to anything but I'm very committed to what I'm doing right now here and I mean God's put me here and I don't feel like I need to be anywhere else right now I feel like when it's time and when our work is done and like when when it's time like maybe there's somewhere else I'll go and maybe there will be somebody else I meet maybe there's something out there for me ready that I'm just not aware of yet and that's mm-hmm. one of the problems is you have to be aware of every opportunity and you have to think about it and you have to really make the best out of this situation so I don't see myself um, choosing a destination at any point um, this is where I am and this is what we're doing well like you said you're in a mission from God and the lives that you've touched and will continue to do that your life is a living example of a human that chose the hard path but the most rewarding one and but it wasn't even hard in my mind because it's <laughs> my life you know no you you're uh, an enlightened human being and being in your um, or as you said earlier just being around you um, has a dramatic effect and I'm so grateful that we've had this opportunity to get to know each other a little and, you know, be together and um, tasting your food have rearranged my mind in what food can be. Um, so you never, never thought there was food in Wyoming, did you? <laughs> I thought it was going to be fantastic. I've read, of course, mm-hmm. how the ranch is famous um, for great cuisine um, and you know, I am so lucky and so privileged that I got to experience it, but particularly so because it was made by your hand. I hope for many more conversations with you moving forward. Likewise. I know I'll yep. be following you very closely. Awesome. We'll be in touch for sure. Today was fun. I love, love the conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Please write to us, write to Nate, and ask questions and share what resonated with you. Thank you. We look forward to it. Thanks again for tuning in to the official podcast of Palette Exposure featuring Alona Thompson. We'll see you again next week.